Welcome to Fireside Nets with Spen and Nick, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. This is our 74th episode of the podcast. I am your host, Spen, and normally this is where I say I'm joined by my brother, Nick. That's not the case this week. Nick is rehearsing for uh, a show that he wrote. It's going to be a live show. He will be performing uh, at the end of August somewhere in Manhattan. Those are the details I have on that. There's only 50 seats available. And I'm pretty sure it's sold out, so you can't go to this specific show. But the next time he has a show and and more than 50 people can go, we will absolutely promote it on Fireside Nets. Um, So you got got a Spenny solo dolo episode this week. And the first thing I want to do, I want to shout out the sports blog, the New York sports blog that backs us, Empire Sports Media. I know I mentioned them a lot on the pod. If you guys don't know who they are, please check them out, ESM. Uh, a ton of great writers over there for the Giants, the Jets, the Yankees, uh, the Mets, the Islanders, the Rangers. Um, and it's led by none other than one of the biggest Giants fans I know, Alex Wilson. Uh, he is an absolute savage on Twitter. Follow him at Alex Wilson ESM. He's the founder of Empire Sports Media, and he creates a ton of really, really interactive and engaging Giants content. Um, he always has videos uh, in really good quality. They have a TikTok. I, he just puts out some excellent uh, Giants content weekly. So check them out, Alex Wilson and Empire Sports Media. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, not a ton going on outside of the summer league with the Brooklyn Nets. We'll get into some stuff regarding our depth headed into next year and how I feel about this team right now. But I want to start with the play of one Cam Thomas. So Cam Thomas, our 70, I'm sorry, our 27th pick overall in the first round um, out of LSU, 6'5", shooting guard, can light it up from three, has a really nice mid-range game, uh, and he's really displayed that in the summer league. He scored 36 points against the Spurs in the Nets' last summer league game, and he, he's, he's first in summer league, averaging 27 points per game. He's 19 years old. And if you watch him, you know, you see, I saw people comparing him to CJ McCollum. I saw Lou Williams. I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to uh, pigeonhole him, him to one of those guys. I, I think he's got a very unique skill set. Um, he already has an excellent step back. You don't see that from a lot of guys coming out, but, but he has a really nice step back three. It's consistent. Uh, and it's funny because we have one of the best step back three point shooters in the game in James Harden. So we'll see if, if he can teach Cam Thomas any more tricks regarding his shot. Um, like I said earlier, he has an excellent mid-range game. He was on the break and uh, against the Spurs, and where a lot of guys would take it to the rim, Cam Thomas pulled up around the free throw line and, and hit a fast break mid-range jumper. Uh, I like that about him. He's confident. And that's apparently something that turned off a lot of teams. They thought that his confidence was borderline arrogance and – and that made them not want to draft him. I don't know about you guys, but I love the guy that I'm taking in, in the NBA draft who's 18 or 19. I love the fact that he's confident. Are you kidding me? That's that's part of – you think guys like Damian Lillard and Kevin Durant and 
Giannis Antetokounmpo aren't confident? No, every every NBA great is confident. Even the not so great NBA players are confident. It takes confidence to make it in this league. So I was a little bit taken aback by that, but he's just he's been you know the brightest spot on this Nets team. Uh, every chance he gets, he looks to want to let it go, and we'll we'll see how he fits into this you know Brooklyn Nets roster. They're, they're deep. They have a ton of wing players right now. I think you're looking at Bruce Brown as our sixth man. But Cam Thomas, he's a serious contender for that six-man role, especially uh, with his ability to score the basketball. So he's been fantastic. And I actually saw some people started calling him Killer Cam. That's uh, Cameron the Rapper's nickname. I don't know if if I would dub him Killer Cam after three or four great games in Summer League. I think it was three games. Um, let's see him do it in, in the actual NBA. As we know, there have been a ton of guys in the Summer League who played great, but when it got to the big show, they weren't able to perform. And that's just how it is. I, I mean, these are these are games in which three to four guys tops will be on the NBA starting roster when, when the season starts. Uh, a few of these guys are getting two-way contracts. And I actually want to get into another net who received a two-way contract. He was our second round draft pick. And that's Kessler Edwards. So he was drafted, I want to say... Somewhere in the 40s. I'm going to look that up and make sure. But two-way contract, he's going to play 50 games max. And if they want him late in the season or for postseason play, they'll have to give him a standard NBA contract. And that's according to Chris Mulholland of Nets Daily. On the contract, Kessler said, it feels great. Honestly, it's similar to the feeling I felt on draft night. It was just a sigh of relief and then just coupled with excitement. Something I'm very thankful for, but also ready to get to work. So here are my feelings on Kessler Edwards. I, I like his play. I see him being, oh, by the way, he was the 44th pick in the second round. That's where he was drafted. Uh, 6'8", he's 21 years old. He's 215 pounds, comes from Pepperdine. If I were going to compare his game to another player in the NBA, I would say he's Mike Scott. You know, Mike Scott is, is, is the same height uh, in his career. Scott's averaged about seven points per game, but... He shoots over 45% from three-point range in his career. Uh, great bench player. You know, helped the Hawks mightily in those years. Recently, he's been on Philadelphia. And he's a tough, tough SOB. And, and that's kind of what you want from your young guns, especially a guy who's a little bit limited off the dribble in Edwards. Um, he's more of a knockdown shooter, three and D type player. But 6'8", you love the, you know, the verticality he has. And I can see him kind of shaping out to be like like a Mike Scott player. By the way, I said Cam Thomas was six five before. Google's saying he's six four. So I, I've heard differences there. But uh, yeah, these these are two guys who have who have really you know balled out in summer league. Congratulations to Edwards on that two way contract that was not guaranteed by any stretch. Um, and now the Nets have one more two way contract remaining. So the question is, who does that go to? Uh, on Nets Twitter, you've seen a lot of names. I've seen David Duke floated out there. Um, Marcus Zagarski, who was another second round pick by the Nets this year. Reggie Perry, who was who was drafted by the Nets last year. He hasn't really impressed anyone in the summer league. Um, and I think that might have cost him a roster spot. You just don't see the fight, the energy, the motor from a young guy like Perry in his second year. 
I, I don't think he plays for the Nets this year. I think they they move on from him. I, I saw that they renounced uh, their rights to him or something along those lines, but didn't play well in his limited action last year. You chalk that up to to rookie woes. But if you're Reggie Perry, you got to come into the summer league and you got to dominate. You, you know, you you played with the likes of of Kevin Durant and, and James Harden and these guys. You have to be able to to put on. And unfortunately, every time he's been on the court, it, it seems he's just he's making a mistake here and there. He, he's shooting way too many three pointers. He's a power forward. I'm not sure why he's pulling up from from three. That is not his game. And uh, I just I, I don't see a guy who wants to make or. I'm sure he wants to make the team. I don't see a guy who's showing that through his play. So if, if I'm going to give that that other two-way contract to anyone, I'd give it a Providence's David Duke. I like his game. Tough-nosed guard. As you saw last year, the Nets, they they can't you know have too many guards because you never know who's going to go down to injury. So I would say sign David Duke, get get him in that you know two-way role, and then those are your two-way guys, Edwards and, and Duke. Now, the, the one guy I haven't mentioned, um, but I'll mention him now because I, I really like – he's given everything that I mentioned Reggie Perry has not given, and that's Dayron Sharp, the, the Nets' other first-round pick. Um, I mean, his motor seems like it's it's on 120 miles per hour. That guy is a worker. He kind of reminds me of and – and this is, you know, his peak, like, like not – not Sharp's peak, but the guy who I'm about to mention kind of reminds me of Ed Davis. If he can polish up his offensive game, I think he's a little bit more agile than Davis. Uh, he's, he's a little raw in the post, but from what I've seen from Sharp, I, I really like the way he goes after it. And that was a problem for the Nets last year. Rebounding. That that was a serious concern when, when KD was your four or your five and you had Guys like Blake Griffin in there. Griffin's not the tallest tallest guy in the world, world even though he's a hard worker. Uh, Claxton, but, but Claxton's minutes were very inconsistent last year. DeAndre Jordan fizzled out down the stretch. And, and you know, Jeff Green, who's not not on the team anymore, um, he's, his game's not rebounding. So uh, you, like, you like a guy like Sharp who can come in, give you 10 to 15 minutes off the bench now and then, and, and grab a few much-needed boards. So, you know, hopefully the four Nets, um, with the exception of, of Marcus Zagarski, are, are, are on the roster at some point this year, um, whether it's, you know, full contract or two-way contract. But you really like what Marks has done in this draft as opposed to, to recent drafts because, you know, you see Cam Thomas putting on, you see what Sharp's doing, Edwards, David Duke. It seems like he really found guys who, who are ready to come into – this uh, onto this team that they're they're on the precipice of going for the championship it's different you know you're not playing for a team like the wizards or the hornets or the pelicans who aren't really expecting much so you have a chance to shine if you're kessler edwards and you see minutes this year for the nets they're going to be meaningful minutes same if you're david duke same if you're dayron sharp um this is a team that wants to get the one seat they want to go to the championship so I think it's I think it's a tough ask to to bring in rookies and and have them buy into that championship mentality right away. But I like what Marks has done. I think he he's he's on the right path, and um, I, I just I like I like the moves he's made re regarding these these draft picks. Okay, we have a little bit of a remember remember this guy. So very recently we had a point guard on our team by the name of Mike James. He he played 
you know, a ton when, when Kyrie got hurt, when Harden went down, um, Nash tried putting him in against the Bucks. Didn't really work out after some time in games, I want to say four and five. Mike James did not see the floor in games six and seven. Uh, definitely not game seven, but he's still out there. He's still looking for work, and he was in the Portland Pro-Am recently with Peyton Pritchard of the Boston Celtics. So for those who haven't seen this story, Pritchard put up 92 points, which is impressive no matter who you're playing. But then I saw what Mike James put up, and I wasn't as impressed with Pritchard's number. Mike James scored 70 points in the Portland Pro-Am. So you had Mike James and Peyton Pritchard going at it, and uh, I don't know. I guess I'm slightly more impressed with Pritchard because he almost hit the 100 number. But Mike James, I mean, <laughs> what, a, what a weird player. He was part of the Nets' best highlight of the year, the off-the-backboard dunk from KD, uh, Kyrie got the ball, fed it to Mike James. Um, yet, and I actually, I was, I liked some of some of his uh, his minutes early on when he had to play in the regular season. But down the stretch, you understand why he he hadn't found work in the NBA for a few years. He's inconsistent. He likes to shoot the ball. That's his thing. He's he doesn't doesn't matter if you're going to put him in the second quarter, third quarter, eight minutes, play ten, whatever. He's going to chuck up a few shots. So, I mean, you can't not have that mentality if you're going to score 70, no matter where you are. Uh, listen, kudos to those guys. They played a bunch of amateur guys. You don't know how many, you know, pro athletes are actually in these events. The fact that Pritchard's getting 92 and, and Mike James is getting 70, I would have to guess not a ton would, would be my guess. But, yeah, uh, it's, it is it is cool when you see, you know, we, we always like to say, oh, uh, and I'll get into this in a little bit. We like to try to think of NBA players that, you know, one of us on our best day and their worst day, maybe we can beat them. And that's just not the case, especially when you have a guy like Mike James, who's barely in the NBA and he's scoring 70 points in a pro-am. Um, all right. So we move on. I want to talk about the Nets depth. I want to talk about what Sean Marks has built. I want to talk about this roster real fast. So I saw a picture on Facebook the other day. I absolutely stole it from someone. And um, I just thought it was absolutely crazy to look at this depth chart. So you lose Jeff Green and Landry Shamit, right? But you look at your starting five. Kevin Durant, right now best player in the world. Can't tell me otherwise. James Harden, when he's healthy, top five player. Kyrie Irvin, when he's healthy, top 10 player. Maybe top 15 if you don't love his game, but he's not outside the top 15. Blake Griffin. And I want to say a highly motivated Blake Griffin who spoke to media recently in regards to um, signing back with the Nets. And he talked about, you know, you know having unfinished business, uh, really thinking that they were right there neck and neck with the Bucks, and the winner of that series would have went on to win the whole thing. But he said signing with Brooklyn was a no-brainer, essentially, and, and that he felt like he had kind of found his role towards the end of the season. I love it. You're, you're, getting, you're not getting Detroit Pistons, Blake Griffin. You're not getting um, latter half of the Clippers towards the end, Blake Griffin. You're getting albeit an older, less agile, still pretty damn agile. He had some fucking dunks against the Bucks in that series. I mean, he yammed it on Giannis. I don't want to say the guy can't move, but definitely a smarter Blake Griffin, a more selfless Blake Griffin. Um, and like I said, the man is hungry. This is a guy who has not won a championship. He's been in the league for a long time. 
Same with James Harden. These are two guys who, who desperately want a championship. And then rounding out the starting lineup, you think we're, we're probably going to stick with Joe, Joey Buckets. I'm not going to talk about his series against the Bucks. I'm done talking about it. It's, uh, it's a distant memory. Still on the team. He can still shoot really well from three. Still a pretty smart player. He's going to be working hard in the offseason. He's another guy you look at. You know, you know, he has a lot to prove this year. Um, and, and I think he wants to redeem himself in the eyes of some Nets fans who might not be his biggest fans right now. Okay, then you go to the second unit, right? The second unit you have, and this doesn't have to be the next five, but you, you plug and play. Bruce Brown, who I think should still be the sixth man. Patty Mills. DeAndre Bembry, who I love. I, I think Bembry is a very skilled wing defensively. He knows what his role is. He's already mentioned it. He, he knows they're not going to count on him to get 20 a game. But if he can give us, you know, five to seven in limited action, defense some some teams, uh, small forwards, and, and play up on, on their shooting guards if they're aggressive, I really like the Bembry signing. I think he can play. Um, you look at another guy, James Johnson, again, again, same same type of deal as Bembry, a little bit older, a little bit more of a three-point shooter than Bembry, not as good on defense. Uh, you still have Claxton on this team. He's probably going to back up Griffin or start at center. Javon Carter, we traded for him uh, in, in the move to to get Shamit to Phoenix. We acquired Javon Carter. Carter. Um, I like his game. I, I, I've studied him a little bit more these last few weeks, and I I understand the type of player he is. He's a quicker, uh, defensive-minded point guard. He's smart. He can pass the ball. I don't think he's going to get trigger happy. He shot the ball relatively well from three when given the opportunity. Um, But how often will he play with Patty Mills, Bruce Brown, Kyrie Irvin, and possibly Cam Thomas handling the ball? I don't know. But you look at that third line, uh, and these these are pictures, by the way. So if, if you go on my Twitter, you can find this. And again, I stole it from Facebook, so I'm not taking credit for this picture. Um, Alizé Johnson's hanging around. He, he's been nothing but solid for, for Brooklyn. He's been having a pretty good summer league, too. Uh, DeAndre Jordan, still on the team. Not sure what the Nets are going to do regarding his playing time, when we're going to see him, if we're going to see him. Uh, you thought maybe Nash would have tried to, to play him a little bit in that series against the Bucks, but that wasn't the case. Um, Cam Thomas, I mentioned, I'm very excited to see the minutes he gets in the regular season. I already talked glowingly about him. And then the 15th player um, in this picture is, is Dayron Sharp. And as I mentioned, Kessler Edwards, two-way contract, either David Duke, Reggie Perry, um, or, or Zagarski. One of those guys are going to get a two-way contract as well. So that that's the roster. I, I mean, spot the weakness. I, Marks is a genius. You got three-point shooting. You got scoring in bundles. Now, with Dayron Sharp, Claxton, and Blake Griffin all on the front line, you'll, you'll put James Johnson in there. I'm going to say James Jones before. James Johnson, uh, the Taekwondo master. Those are some big bodies that can rebound the ball, mainly Sharp, Claxton, and Griffin. So you're good rebounding defensively. You, you've added some tough-nosed players defensively and Bembry, James Johnson, Patty Mills. These are guys – and Javon Carter. These are guys that that pay attention to their defense. Um, and, and, yeah, and, 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 and that's really it. I, I mean, you like the veteran presence of, of Patty Mills and James Johnson. You got more young, or I guess younger, with Cam Johnson and Dayron Sharp and, and the rookies you, you drafted. And uh, I just think that 
what Marx has been able to do so far, with the exception of losing Jeff Green, it is what it is. I, I think that it wasn't necessary to keep him. I think the way he's kind of cleaned up, he's been he's been winning the offseason, in my opinion. That Patty Mills signing was so big, and you saw what Mills did in the Olympics for Australia. Uh, he, he he's he's a monster, man. He he can play. So kudos to Sean Marks. Um, I'm very happy with, with the Nets depth. And if you want to see that picture of the 15, you know, guys next to each other, go on my Twitter. I will actually pin that tweet to my Twitter. Not right now because the podcast is going to be pinned to the Twitter. So just go down. It's in the last few tweets. You'll find it. Um, all right. The Nets are bringing in former Magic and Hornets coach Steve Clifford as an assistant. He worked with Steve Nash when Nash played for the Lakers in the 2012-2013 season. Um, Clifford is one of those guys that you hear players love. He just hasn't had much success in the league. I think he made the playoffs a few years ago with Orlando, if I'm not mistaken, when they maybe got the eighth seed against the Bucs uh, two years ago. I could be wrong there, but he, he's been in the league for a while. He's had his head coaching opportunities. This is a great chance for anyone who is trying to be a head coach again. You go coach under Steve Nash. You guys go far. Maybe you win the championship. You'll get to the Eastern Conference Finals probably. And all the coaches receive credit when when teams succeed. So if you're Steve Clifford and, and you haven't had much success in Orlando or Charlotte, this is a pretty smart move on your part. And if you're the Nets, you have to you had to replace D'Antoni and Ime Udoka. So you bring in a guy like Steve Clifford. Um, and and I, I like this move a lot. Uh, I want to call this next segment that we have it's called trash talk because I've been seeing a lot of trash talk regarding Nets players. So it started with Kyrie Irving. Uh, he was in, I believe it was West orange where he was doing some type of charitable work. I'd have to read more into it, but I know he was in West orange and someone there, he's in a gym. Someone was telling Kyrie, they're going Kyrie. I'd lock you up. I'd lock you up Kyrie. And his response was in what universe, bro. And then that just got me thinking like what, what, first of all, as the guy talking trash, good for you. I mean, anybody can say something to anybody. But if you're Kyrie Irving, you don't ever want to play these guys because it's a lose-lose situation. You're supposed to beat them by 100. So if you beat them, no one's going to praise you. If you somehow lose or you get cooked on one play and that play goes viral, you look foolish. So I think it's silly for like a guy like Kyrie or someone to take that challenge against some random random dude being like, Oh, I, I'd lock you up. Um, I remember there was a, a famous Michael Jordan quote. I forgot who the player was. It might've been Scott Burrell, but someone challenged MJ to one-on-one -on -one after he had beaten them. They said, Oh, let's have a rematch. Let's play again. I almost got you there. He goes, why would I play again? So you can say that you beat Michael Jordan. If I beat you, what do I say? I, I beat Scotty Burrell. No one's going to care. So I, I think it's, I think it's funny that, you know, these guys will, will chirp NBA players and, and, and say, oh, I can lock you up. I can do this. Yeah, because you're a nobody, and you're allowed to say that. If you're Kyrie Irving, you would never take that matchup. You just don't. It's not worth your time. So it's the reason MJ doesn't accept every single request to play him one-on-one. -on -one. It's the same reason the late, great Kobe Bryant probably didn't do that either. Um, so I, I thought that was funny. And then the, even this is the, the best trash talk, and you got to give it to this guy because <laughs> – He's been losing to KD a lot. So Evan Fournier, formerly of the Boston Celtics, currently 
He's on the New York Knicks. Um, he he had some some words regarding Kevin Durant's hair. So he tweeted, "Now I need the best barber in NYC because I need help." LOL. And someone, I'm gonna give this person credit at Kev P King. Yeah, just as it sounds, K E V the letter P and then King. They tweeted, "Fella named Kevin. He's in Brooklyn." He cut you up in Tokyo. Maybe he can do it again. So for those who are unfamiliar with, with KD and Fournier's history in the last, I don't know, two months, um, eh, I guess three or four months, Kevin Durant played him in the playoffs when he was on the Celtics, and absolutely the, the Celtics got destroyed in five games by the Brooklyn Nets. Then Kevin Durant plays him in the championship game because he was on France, and they did the same thing. KD had 29 in the championship game. America got gold. France got silver. So. Fournier responds to Kev P. King talking about Kevin cutting him up in Tokyo. Fournier writes, he needs a barber too. He needs a barber too, which is, which is kind of funny. I mean, you know, and then, then the post, the picture of, of KD balding. Uh, honestly, I think, I think bald players are the majority of the best players to really ever play in the NBA. Call that a hot take. Michael Jordan. Started with hair, got bald quick, goat. LeBron James, pretty much same thing. I mean, he's been up and down with his hair, hair but he's LeBron's been balding forever. Um, Reggie Miller was just on that Malice in the Palace documentary I watched. Bald. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, hair, then bald. Um, Charles Barkley, bald. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, of, of course, you have your exceptions. You have your Kawhi Leonard's hair. Uh, but Steph Curry, Steph Curry was bald for a while. Clay Thompson, hair. Um, yeah, it goes up and down. But but Kevin Durant is in that elite category of players who are of the majority pretty much bald. So I thought that was funny. Uh, it's all it's all fun and games until the Nets have to play the or the Knicks have to play the Nets in the regular season, and Durant cooks Fournier for like forty five points. You know it's going to happen. Uh, so Fournier. Funny joke, probably not the, the smartest thing in the world to, to shit talk the most elite scorer on the face of the, the planet right now. But uh, I respect the, the cojones that, that he has. I mean, it's funny because we're not talking about like an all-star. We're talking about Evan Fournier. Solid scorer, solid two-guard. Never made an all-star team. Talking shit to, to the best player on earth. All right, I digress. Uh, let's go around the NBA real quick before we end the show. Um, the Clippers made a trade. Wasn't sure if this was good or not. They traded away Rajon Rondo, Pat Beverly, and second round or second year player Daniel Oturu to the Grizzlies for Eric Bledsoe. Did not realize that Eric Bledsoe was what the Clippers needed to push them over the edge. So this, this is the same Eric Bledsoe that left Milwaukee, and then Milwaukee got better because they acquired Drew, Drew Holiday. Um, is Bledsoe that much more valuable than the combination of Rondo and, and Beverly? I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see. Uh, he's an undersized, you know, guard. He, he's a good scorer. How good? I don't know. He's never really been elite. He's never been great. Um, and he's never really had great playoff series. So uh, I'm not crazy about this if you're if you're the Clippers. And uh, and then that that clip of Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly going nuts in 2019 when they found out Kawhi and Paul George were coming to the Clippers. That has resurfaced, and everyone is clowning them especially uh, Beverly who like stood up on the restaurant of a table in 2019 and danced around saying, we just won the championship. We just won the championship. Uh, 
apparently you didn't. And now you're not even on the team that you thought you were going to win a championship with. But if you're the Grizzlies, actually, I do like this move. If you're the Grizzlies, uh, Rondo and Pat Bev and John Morant, those are three pretty good point guards to have. I think Ja can learn a lot from Rondo, a little bit from Beverly. But again, Beverly off the bench defensively, he's a menace. So I, I like the move for the Grizzlies. They got a little bit tougher. If you're the Clippers, seems like a little bit of a desperate move. Not crazy about it. Staying with the Clippers, Kawhi, four-year deal, $176.3 million. Good for them. They needed to lock him up. They did what they needed to do. Not much else to say about that. Um, the Pelicans. The Pelicans are about to close in on a deal with Josh Hart for three years. Um, three-year, $38 million deal. I like Josh Hart. Underrated player. Very good. Very solid 3 and D guy who can who can slash, get to the rim, finish at the rim. Um, when I think of Josh Hart, I think of the trade that sent Anthony Davis to the Lakers when the Lakers got rid of Kuzma, Lonzo, Hart. Hart was like the unsung hero of that deal. And you, you, look, you look at it, ball's gone. You still have Ingram, and you're going to sign Hart to this three-year deal. Hart's a solid player. I, I like the deal if you're the Pelicans. Uh, maybe one of the, the few solid things David Griffin has, has, has done this year. Um, you know, there, there were mixed feelings about the Pelicans acquiring Devontae Graham. I happen to like the move, but I know a lot of people aren't crazy about it because you lose ball, you get Graham. Are you that much better? And then finally, we're, we're going to end the pod with this. And, and thank you guys for listening to this solo dolo episode. I don't do these often. Um, they're not bad. They're okay. But, uh, who's going to win rookie of the year. So I have a list of, of these rookies that I, uh, you know, I, I think have a, a decent shot at winning. They were drafted pretty high. Cade Cunningham, Jalen green, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs. And then finally I added Cam Thomas. Um, if I'm looking at this right now, it's Cade Cunningham. If Cade Cunningham does what he needs to do, he will be the clear cut rookie of the year. I don't think Mobley's there from what I've seen in summer league. I don't think he's going to dominate or, or put up dominant numbers, especially when you have Jared Allen in there. I think that's going to be a, a crowded front court in Cleveland. Um, Scotty Barnes is over there in Toronto, I believe. Um, I, I, again, I don't see him being the rookie of the year. I think he's like a Dylan Brooks type of player, uh, solid player, but not like a game changer, like a Cade Cunningham or a Jalen Green. Jalen Green has a shot. I just think the Rockets are, are pretty stacked um, in regards to guys who will have the ball a lot with Christian Wood, John Wall. Um, there's a few other. Oh, Kevin Porter Jr. They, they had last year who was pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure if, if Green will be able to kind of, you know, Cade Cunningham is going to be the number one option on the Pistons. So that's why I like him over Green, Mobley, and Barnes. Suggs got hurt in the summer league. Uh We'll, we'll see how he fares in the regular season. I like Suggs' game a lot. I think he can be a difference maker for Orlando. I think he'll give Cunningham a run for his money uh, if anybody on this list does. And I'll tell you this. If Cam Thomas is able to crack his way into the Nets rotation and he plays a significant amount of time per game as the sixth or the seventh guy on the roster, maybe it's Patty Mills, Bruce Brown, Cam Thomas, whatever that rotation is off the bench, if he plays enough, He'll have a shot. He'll have a shot at rookie of the year. He will. And that's only if Cunningham or Suggs struggle. I don't think anybody else on this list out of the, the, the six guys I named, I don't see any 
anybody else winning the rookie of the year, but I would like to throw in Cam Thomas because he has dominated summer league. He's been fantastic. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. Check us out on Twitter at Fireside Nets. You can follow my own personal Twitter. I'm trying to tweet a little bit more from there at Mr. SAH42 at Mr. Sa42. Uh, again, I started the episode by shouting out Alex Wilson at Alex Wilson ESM. He's the founder of Empire Sports Media. And uh, also, good luck to my little brother. You know, hopefully, he'll be back next week. We'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about his rehearsal and his show. He can kind of share a little bit of details because I know he doesn't want to give anything away, but I'm proud of him. The, the kids, the kids following his dream, and and he's always. He's always been a go-getter, and uh, I think this show at the end of August is really going to turn some some motherfucking heads in the sketch comedy industry. So that's what I'll say about that. This has been another episode of Fireside Nets, episode 74, with Spen and Nick. And as always, I'll catch you on the fireside.